1007. Now, it's macro December and today on Trash Talk, Marcy Trent Long takes a broad brush view of waste recycling here in Hong Kong. Nigel Mataverse, Managing Director of Alba Integrated Waste Solutions, gives her an update on legislation and what he would like to do to make um, Hong Kong a more recycling friendly place. Hey, Trash Talk listeners. Well, it's time to take a step back and look at the broad brush waste and recycling situation in Hong Kong. I'm calling this Macro December, and we've got our expert Nigel Matravers, Managing Director of Alba Integrated Waste Solutions in Hong Kong, here today to talk about a big picture, what's going on with waste and recycling in Hong Kong. Nigel's got this long career in Hong Kong, starting as a young engineer at Castle Peak Power Stations, then moving on to take the Nent landfill from concept to operation. He directed the creation of our first waste electronics recycling facility for ALBA, and more recently, the first plastic recycling facility in Eco Park. So welcome to the show, Nigel, and thank you for all of our contributions, your contributions to the waste scene here. Marcy, thank you very much for inviting me back again. <laughs> uh, Trash Talk listener, you may not know, but Nigel, actually, you can tell by his wonderful voice, is actually an old radio personality a little bit from the UK, right? Uh, I think that's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> I have talked a lot of rubbish on radio before, yes. <laughs> well, we love talking rubbish here. So, well, why don't we just first talk about what's going on in the legislative world and the government world of upcoming things in waste legislation. Yes, yeah, some uh, very positive news uh, for, for government. Um, for a long time, we've been talking about this municipal waste charging or, or landfill charging. It's taken some 15 years to, uh, to get through the process. But now, uh, by the middle of next year, we hope that LegCo will give its final blessing... Uh, which means by the end of 2023, I suspect it may be 2024, uh, then government will be imposing a charge on waste going to landfill. Okay. It's going to be a complicated process. They still haven't come out with the detail. It's all to do with purchasing bags and the like. But the whole idea is to add, show that there is value at a cost to getting rid of your waste with a view to encouraging people to recycle more right. of the waste so it is it is positive news it's very positive news yeah, now yeah. when you say you think you know maybe 2024 is it going to start with a pilot or is it just going to flip a switch you think there has been quite a lot of pilots running at the moment and that is why LegCo has said to the EPD come back to us in the middle of 2023 tell us how you've got on and if we're content we'll give you the green light uh, to proceed at the end of the year. Okay, that's great. So, all, all fingers so crossed. So, it is fingers crossed. Yeah. Seems like it might actually happen yeah, finally. Yeah, yeah. We've all been waiting for decades, but... We, we have. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what else do you think is on the docket? Anything else? The other big push, and obviously for many of the listeners, uh, is plastic and plastic bottles. Um, there's been quite a lot of consultation. There will be further consultation <laughs> uh, next year uh, with a view to what you might call it, a, a deposit scheme, a charge scheme for plastic bottles. Uh, so that, again, there will be value 
for the plastic bottles, people will then would be willing to return them. The money that comes will assist to deal with the, the cost of treating the plastic bottles. Uh-huh. Um, so, again, all of us in the industry are very hopeful uh, that this will take place. There's been a huge amount of work uh, done, particularly by organisations like Drinks Without Waste, over the last few years. We anticipate 2025. Uh, we would love it to be sooner. <laughs> uh, we noticed that in Singapore, their consultation period took six months. Um, we take longer than that, unfortunately. But nonetheless, uh, we're hopeful that by 2025, uh, there will be a scheme that will effectively add value to the bottles and therefore people will be encouraged uh, to the recover the bottles. Got it. And therefore they can be recycled to make new bottles. Got it. And so, so that deposit scheme, in effect, kind of funds the fund similar, well different but anyway it kind of funds the funds that will create the recycling yeah, yes yeah there, there is a debate about the word do they use deposit which i don't want to go into <laughs> please let me, don't let me say <laughs> we only have 10 minutes <laughs> there's a charge associated with it so that, that again is something to look forward to yeah okay so let's put that in a little silo container that's plastic beverage bottles and containers uh, which is a really big deal and then we can kind of keep picking our way across the recycling world, right? So we can, um, we'll stick with beverages either. We get metals and glass. Where are we with that? With metals, it still seems very much the same. Uh, Metal cans have value. And those that are found basically in the bins and elsewhere, people will collect and recycle. Sadly, though, a lot of metal containers still get mixed up with the general waste and therefore are lost uh, because we don't have the sorting systems and therefore they will end in a landfill, uh, which in many ways is a tragedy, uh, particularly with some like aluminium, which uses a huge amount of carbon effectively to make it. Um, so there is work to be done in in that area. But, but certainly... Uh, you will see the little old ladies still going around emptying the bins uh, <laughs> to get the aluminium cans and the like. And also glasses. Right. With glass, government is a, just come out with a new tender uh, for in expanding uh, the glass collection network. I tried to make my way through the tender this morning and actually gave up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it is broadening it, obviously working with the uh, recycling centres, the, the ones with the number six on the outside, yep. which, are, which are very yep. popular. Um, will it still pick up lots of the commercial bottle waste? We don't know. Um, and it is still essentially being ground down, basically as, as a sand replacement. Okay. Okay. And making well bricks for sure, and other things. So. Or just ordinary for fill. Yeah. But equally. The government has now introduced a charge, or will be introducing a charge on the bottle. It's been talked about for some time. I believe it's something like 90 cents or something. Uh, And that will be coming in quite shortly. So effectively there will be a charge to the suppliers for each glass bottle. Oh, that's very... Okay. And so then the tender is for a recycling facility at Eco Park? No. The... The facility has to be provided by 
the recycling company themselves in which they've got to find their own piece of land. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um, which, is, which is the current situation. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like a mill-mill problem. I mean, really? That's, that's kind of hard, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is. Oh, it is. All right. Well, but nonetheless, it's an attempt, there, there, right? There, there's, it's there, a step there, forward. There is, there is progress. There is progress, and the 90 cents tender is uh, is going to help a lot. So that's very exciting. All right, so then you you touched on the sorting facility because that is one issue, right, that you've got plastics going into the plastic place and you get the glass going to a glass place and you get the metal going to another place, and none of it is going to this sorting center first to then be dispersed out. And, and, And really that is my key point that I'll be making regularly <laughs> and directly to government um, is that the work that the people do is very much done at a local street level and people really would like to recycle. But when you look at the streets, you'll see the majority of waste from households or from buildings is still put there in black bags. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. all mixed up in a black bag and that black bag goes off to landfill. So until we can actually introduce some mechanical sorting facilities, called MRFs, um, then we, I don't think we really are going to make the progress. It is normal in Europe to do this. Uh, it's not even discussed any further. Yeah, I know. Um, I yeah. do think, though, we have an opportunity because... With the development of the northern metropolis, government is really thinking about whole new towns. And this is a great time to actually incorporate this collection of materials, separation of materials, while we're still in the planning stage. Yeah. And not only northern metropolis, but also, you know, Lantown tomorrow. Exactly. Uh, as well. And, so, and so maybe, this is a great opportunity. maybe with the waste charging scheme, right, and some of these pilots, that's going to be a bubbling up issue. That yeah. it's just too too hard to recycle without it. I believe so, and so. I, th- I think government is concerned from the inquiries I've had from them that there aren't enough alternatives to the public when they say, "Well, you charge me now for this bag. Uh, what op- other options do I have?" Right. right. Um, so. I really am pushing quite hard <laughs> at secretary level uh, to say, let's use this opportunity to build some modern recycling facilities uh, in, in these new areas while we've got the opportunity to, to do so. Fuchs. Thank you, Nigel, mm-hmm. <laughs> for being our voice on that one. Yeah. All right, so we can pick up and kind of, in a way that's like the, some of the consumer things, but then... So now another silo, of course, is your great waste electronics, the Wee Park, yep. right? Tackling large electronics, which has been a government-funded initiative. And then we can move on. If I'm just going down the, the list of eco-park facilities, basically, cooking oil, uh, uh, car batteries, wood, some construction and demolition, rubber tires, paper, is it enough? Is uh, well- it... Well, let me run through them one by one. Okay. Quickly in the time. Yep. You're going to know. You're going to say go. it better than me. Right. For Wee Park, yes, it's going extremely well, and we have demonstrated significant carbon savings 
Uh, we've calculated we're saving 90,000 tonnes of carbon a year Fabulous. in our operations. So since we've been operating since 2017, that's equivalent to 10 million trees. Oh, that's great. So again, we're trying to show people that by proper recycling, it really does have a benefit in terms of carbon reduction strategy. Right. The other good news is that LegCo is going to permit us to widen the number of items. So we're going to do larger refrigerators, larger washing machines, tumble dryers, but more importantly, dehumidifiers. Ah, that is important. Because dehumidifiers are actually got 50% more gas in them cooling mm. than a refrigerator. Mm. And therefore, the, the, the impact of their global warming potential mm. is far worse than a refrigerator. Again, it may not happen until 2024. That's okay. Well, we're ready to do them now. But again, that's some positive news uh, as far as that's concerned. Uh, for plastic bottles, yes, New Life Plastic uh, is now up to, I think, 20 tonnes a day. That's some 400 tonnes a month of plastic bottles. Uh, gradually increasing um, quality of supply is, is the principal challenge uh, for that. Uh, next door is the cooking oil facility. Um, that really is aimed at the commercial market, so the likes of you and I can't go there with your, your bottle of cooking oil. <laughs> uh, and and so, so that's working through. There is a wood facility... Um, which, again, is essentially aimed at um, uh, commercial wood and the like. Uh, batteries, yes, there is a splendid facility for uh, old-fashioned, you might call it, lead-acid batteries. Mm. Sadly, it's, not get, it's nowhere near capacity because there is no incentive for the people disposing of batteries to take them there. Okay. Is it like we where I can call them and they come get it? You know, that's that's one of the ways that we've been so successful, I think. Is it, it, no, it's not a government service, you see, mm. so this is a private service. So so sadly, it, it isn't used, and I certainly know that the owners are, are really encouraging pushing for legislation uh, in, exactly. in, in, in this regard. Uh, their neighbours, in terms of tyres, uh, I got an update yesterday. Uh, yes, there's a new investment uh, coming in to be able to process more tyres at the facility and they can be used uh, for things like um, surfaces for playgrounds and things like that and also for roads now. So, again, getting approval for that. Oh, that's great. Which is, um, which is good news. Right. Another two years probably, but, but nonetheless, we're, yep. we're making the move. Uh, in terms of paper, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, the site has remained empty for seven years. Oh. I don't know the situation with the, uh, the, the, the tender process at the moment. Um, so I, I cannot elaborate on, on the paper uh, situation that at Eco Park. Okay, I am going to ask kind of a novice question, mm. which is with the waste charging scheme, right? It's applicable to everyone, consumers, commercial, everything, correct? So then maybe that will help the also the car battery guy or maybe that's going to help the wood guy and maybe that's going to help everyone else because they're going to get charged if they try to throw it away. Possibly, but for that, those sort of guys, they, they probably can get value out of them by disposing them elsewhere. Where it will make a change is to property managers. 
And this is an area, again, I've been pushing for some time, that so much of the buildings and the, the shopping malls that we, we use are operated by very large companies and they're responsible for um, managing the waste. Yeah. Now, at the moment, the waste costs them very little uh, to get rid of, but now it will be a significant charge to them. So I really am hoping now that the, these big operators will actually start saying, well, to save money on our management fees and that like, we should start separating the material, right. encouraging our tenants to separate the material so that we can reduce that landfill charge. Right, and improve the collection options. Yes, right? yes, yes. So maybe they can include a... That certainly has been significant in, in the UK where the big shopping malls, because the landfill tax is an awful lot higher, has, has made them work very hard mm. to separate all the materials because they know it's a significant cost mm. to, uh, to get rid of it. Okay, you get to be waste king of Hong Kong for a day. <laughs> Some people would argue that you're you've kind of taken that role a little bit, but <laughs> not not because you've chosen it, because it's become because <laughs> you've done so much in the space here. But you get to be waste king for a day. What few things would you wish for here in Hong Kong? Uh, three things. First, that waste is considered exactly as the fourth utility in the same way that we make provision for water, we provision for sewerage, we make provision for electricity. When we build a new development, we make space for a substation or, or a reservoir. Let's treat waste in the same way um, in, in that regard. My second point is let's start collecting waste in a completely different way than we are now. Let's collect just two types of waste, Black bag waste, you know, with waste that is residual. Goes to the landfill, yeah. And dry, recyclable material. Yellow bag waste, we call it in Germany. <laughs> so basically anything that's packaging effectively can be recycled. I see. The whole separate collection system will be simplified. Again, the new towns give us a new opportunity to do that rather than sticking with the same processes we have at the moment. And then finally... Having got that, let's build these recycling facilities. Uh, they can be small. I know that uh, Paul Zimmerman talks a lot about his Smurfs, uh, <laughs> the small recycling facilities. They can be medium-sized and built inside the buildings. Oh, I'm going to have to have Paul on the show soon then. And Oh, he, he loves talking about <laughs> Smurfs. And also, or they could be larger facilities. Oh. And maybe we can build those next to the landfills or somewhere like that. Okay. The, the, those opportunities. So, yeah, those are my three items. Ah, well, those are really good ones. Well, Nigel, thank you so much for coming in and talk to, talking to us about it. That was very clear, well laid out, and we have a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, we do. Sadly, we still have ah, a lot of work to do. But we have come a long way, don't you agree? We have. We are definitely making some progress, and there are some very good things to to talk about. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But from the very, you were one of the very first interviews we had on Trash Talk, right? Oh. A few years ago when you were just opening up We. And there has just been a huge amount of difference between back then and now. Yeah. So we can celebrate that too. Thank you very much for having me back again. <laughs> Thanks, Nigel. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK on the Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas, 
If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia.